All right, you are now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the true players broadcast. Dub Nation, we have a surprise for you today. We have the number one homer of Run TMC, Jeff Crompton in the house. We're going to talk about Warriors basketball. And guess who's back? Dwight Coward for his second term with the Los Angeles Lakers. We talked to Drew about his feelings on it. And if you listen to anybody else's podcast this week, besides the follow-through with Clips and Drew, listen to ESPN 30 for 30, The Sterling Affairs. It'll change your life. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew? Kick the intro music. Excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like us. I do have something to say. So you got to give it up. Give it up. You never heard what up broadcast world what's up everybody you know what it is it's the follow through with clips and drew uh we're a little late this week drew had to go to a soccer game drew is that was that lafc all day oh that's what he had to go to wednesday my brother got season tickets man i gotta get up there yeah drew's got some infatuation infatuation with soccer i don't get it it is what it is he's never played i don't think you've ever played soccer i mean shit ayso i was real good at like eight years old drew is an ayso seven-year-old all-star i think the last time i played (laughs) soccer i was probably nine or ten but, but he loves the game. My I'll... brother was a very good player. Played college mm-hmm. college soccer. He played semi-pro ball in, in Korea and in Germany. So that's why. And Shout out to Daniel. Yeah, he's, he's, he's definitely the reason why I, I get down. And also FIFA. I mean, FIFA, you, the, the video FIFA. game, that was like pretty much I spent more time playing FIFA in college than actually going to class. So like that's also and, what you know what happened. We won't get into college. Bro. No, no, that'll be a, that's a different into, podcast. That's a different. That's a different. Let's not let's not get into what to not do in college. Right, right. Yeah, go to go to class, kids. If you're paying all that money, go to class. Oh, we have a surprise for you this episode, people. We have such a big surprise, but we're gonna wait because we have to do our normal standard intro. Yes. Okay. And this is episode 88. It is indeed. And I love the number 88. All I think about, I love the number 88 because oh. all I think about is Kurt Gibson. Ah, Dodgers. Dodgers. I remember, I remember where I was. That was the last time we won it. Right. You weren't even born yet. I was not born yet. I'm dating myself. Yeah, I was I was I was not even conceived. No, you were not. I was not even <laughs> Actually, I was born in July. I might have been conce- I might have been a World Series baby. You <laughs> My, my dad might pops. have been hyped. Right, he might have been. After the Dodgers victory. That's all I think about in 88. Eckersley, fucking Kurt Gibson. I remember watching the game like like I'm watching it right now. I remember they were saying Kurt Gibson was not going to, was in the fucking, was in the locker room. And Lasorda just had this epiphany, dude, where he's like, we're going to bring, we're going to bring the man up. Dude. Bring Mr. Gibson out. And uh, deep the, fly the ball. history. In the right field, she is gone. Vince yeah, Scully, man. Vince Scully. We know this is an NBA pod. But anyways, this is episode 88. Yes. Uh, for those of you that don't listen to the show or this is your first time, what we do is we correlate our episode to a player that Drew picks that has some relation to the number 88. So, Drew, what do you got? So, this one is going to be the year of 1988. Mm, good year. I'll start with uh, those players drafted in 1988. You're going to get a kick out of this. Well, number one overall draft pick. Number one overall in 88. Do I get any hint? No. I get no hint. Because if I give you any hint, you'll get it. Well, we already did David, we already did David Robinson. Was it David Robinson? No, it was not. David Robinson was David 87. David Robinson, Brad Doherty. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Yep. Wait a minute. Here we go. Is it never Nervous Purvis? No, it's not. Fuck. Larry Johnson? Nope. I'll um, give you one more. You're gonna hate you if you don't get it. You're gonna. Danny hate Manning. Yourself. There it is. Thank you, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Fuck. Number one overall draft pick, Danny Manning. Uh, in that same draft, number five was Mitch Richmond, and that the has Rock. that has some relevance for the the special part of this podcast. Can we do? Can you just hold, yeah. go on Danny Manning for a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny Manning was literally the nicest, one of the nice top five nicest basketball players I ever met in my life. That's cool. Us as ball boys. Uh, every time we had a report card, and that was four times a year, every A that we had on our report card, Danny Manning would take us to the Fox Hills Mall and buy us a pair of shoes. Wow. I was not much of an A student, but when I got an A, yeah. 
Uh, I got new new shoes. So Did he give you to, anything for a B? No, you don't get anything for Bs. No, just it's, A's. it's A's or nothing. A's or nothing. But that was really nice of him to do that. I mean, and Fox Hills is right down the street. Yeah. So us as shout ball out boys, to you, Danny. It was that was just a great gesture. And people don't understand like he was very good. He was so good, and he was like the first, not the first, but both of his knees were shot. Yeah. Coming from Kansas, Kansas. the dude was amazing. He played for Larry Brown at Kansas. Yep. Um, just a great guy and. Not too many people speak about Danny Manning. I think he's co- – where's he coaching? He's coaching. Wake Forest. Wake Forest. He's the now. head coach of Wake Forest. Okay. I think this is be his second or third season at Wake Forest. Good for him. He was a long – he's been a long-time assistant coach in the NBA mm-hmm. for – he bounced around a couple different teams and never really made much of that number one overall pick at, because of the knee injuries, I think. Uh, but you you have obviously some fond memories of him. So and, and Mitch Richmond was one of my favorite players too. I have, his, I have his shoes in my house right now. Yeah. The Rock, he used to call me big time because I was – Kind of a heavy set kid, <laughs> and I'm kind of going back to that point right now yeah, in my yeah. life. A little husky back getting, then. That's what they. My dad, my mom called me fluffy. Fluffy, like that's what she did. Well, that's like Gabriel Iglesias. Yes. Fluffy is another level. You're not fluffy. No, but as, I get what you're saying. I it, was, I was, I was bigger, beefy, husky, <laughs> but I, all those different ones. All right, so we had Mitch, or we had Danny Manning at one, Mitch Richmond at five. Keep going. Nah, that's the end of that list for the draft. Okay. Uh, and then we go nobody to, else significant was uh, not really. I mean, Rick Schmitz was second, but I just I, it doesn't, doesn't. The Duncan Dutchman, bro. I, we've talked enough about Rick Schmitz on this podcast, really. We 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 bring him up actually. Drew, Drew more, calls him Schmitz, even though his name's Schmitz, but that's okay. It's Rick Schmitz. <laughs> it's like Jimmy Schmitz, it's not like the actor. I, it's Schmitz, bro. Yeah, I'm gonna call him Schmitz. <laughs> uh, we go into players born in 1988. This is gonna be good. We have a lot of players that were born in 88. They're still in the league. Um, I'll start w- from the top. Steph Curry, born in 1988. Okay. Kevin Durant, born in 1988. Kevin Love, DeAndre Jordan, Derek Rose, Russell Whoa. Westbrook. Whoa. And then you have players like Patrick Beverly, Danilo Gallinari, Greg Oden. And the list is ridiculously long. But I, those, are, those are the ones that, that are relatively relevant in the NBA now. And, uh, you know, based on who we're sitting here with that mm-hmm. we're going to reveal to you mm-hmm. here very shortly. I think I think this should this should probably be the Steph Curry episode. Have we not had one? I don't know if he was episode number no, 30. No, we have a Steph. Was he episode 30? We have a Steph. Okay, then maybe it should be Mitch Richmond. That would be great. I think this is a Mitch Richmond. The Rock? Yeah. Run TMC? Yes, sir. This is a perfect segue. That's what I'm getting to. Are you to. fucking kidding me? It worked out nicely. Okay. Is it The Rock? Yeah. All right. Mitch Richmond. Mitch Richmond, welcome to episode 88. And this is, again, this this segue is perfect. You asked for him, people. We've posted him on our stories more than ever. long time coming. Always bitter stays on Twitter. Mr. Jeff Crompton is in the house. Jeff Crompton, say what's good. What up? Yo. Drew Nation. Yo. <laughs> he has been uh, one of our biggest supporters since day one. We had to run. We ran a lot of shit through him before we even started yep and uh we've spent many nights arguing uh fighting <laughs> just a few uh we've had many drunk arguments we both kicked each other out of our house houses respectively yeah, many I, a times yeah um i was bad luck for jeffrey this year yep never watch another I, warriors game we, with you again we will not it's not <laughs> like literally not allowed we wa- i mean i was there for the draymond kevin durant episode yep. that happened at the beginning of the season yeah that was good and you took an l um and then i was there for the the comeback didn't we have a comeback we were down like 30 on you and we came back and beat you we were there for that one that was a big one i do i remember that one vividly yeah Yeah, for 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 those that that are not caught up here Mm -hmm. the the gentleman sitting to my right uh is a probably the biggest warrior fan i've ever i've Mm -hmm. ever come across in my life born and raised in the bay area long time fan even when they were shit pops had season tickets right pops pops on the season tickets Mm -hmm. for a minute and now, now it's like the same prices of a condo uh, to, oh, to have season Lord. tickets there. So that's not the same. But just to give you some perspective, all those people that are like, well, who's this guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the biggest Warrior fan we've ever come across and one of our best friends. Yes. And that's why I respect him because he actually is a fan. I, yeah. I respect his fandom, even as fucked up and obtuse as it is. It just is what obtuse. it is. It just is what it is. <laughs> it's a big word for you. It's well, a genuine, oh, it's a big word. It's, it's a, a very small it, world. Well, that, word, asshole. <laughs> um, but you're from the Bay. People want to get your take on... <laughs> I mean, you're still a young buck. You were just saying 1988 is the year you were born. The year he was True. born. So you 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 both are little puppies to me, yeah. which is okay. Go ahead and may insert 
old joke if you'd like. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm sure you've been holding on. Uh, douchebag John would say right now, oh, polio. To this day, I still polio. don't know uh, Clips' age. He does not disclose it to the public. True. That's true. It is, and I don't tell people. Yeah, it, it's very... Because I don't... I mean, it's either I'm 65 yeah. or I'm 24. Right, there's it's a big gap. Or. I'm right in between there. You, can, you, can, you, know, you select... certainly play like you're 65. Oh, yes. here we go. There's the Jeff Crompton there we needed. There we go. I play like I'm 65. This is how you know 70% of the shit that comes out of Jeff Crompton's mouth is bullshit. No, nah, but part we, of the reason that, that he's here is because this is a farewell farewell tour. It is for the, for the for the man Compton. He is uh, he's leaving Southern California after what nearly eight years of living here, almost eight years, mm-hmm. and he's moving up to Portland. Portland, um, they like to call Col- it. What is how is it? Portland, Portland. Yes, this is like a soft R. Mm-hmm. Portland, Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, he we had to get him on the pod before he before he jumped ship and, and left left the state. So. Big fucking year for the Warriors. Big year for you to be moving. A lot of shit has changed. How are you feeling as a gentleman that's used to going to five straight finals, mm. you know, the last five years? Mm. How are you feeling now as the sun sets on that dynasty? Mm. Uh, I don't know about any sun setting <laughs> on any dynasties. I love it. It's, it's been a rough summer for sure. Yeah. Um, I think you're fine. I'm the I'm, one the guy that's honestly, standing behind you. You know, I, I'm excited for the team. It would have been a little bit different if we had like lost to LeBron or somebody. Mm. You know, as much as I want to see the Warriors like go out and win it this year, it's it's hard to hate on a guy like Kawhi or like a, a GM like Masai who just kind of risked everything. Yeah, and uh, caught a lot of heat for firing Dwayne Casey. We all thought he did. Um, he made some crazy and, moves. You know, I, essentially, kind of. I mean, one could argue gambled his career, huh. uh, absolutely his job on that move last off season. Hey, it worked out for him. Paid you off. know, yeah. Good for that team. I don't think they're going anywhere now. It's kind of like a tough situation. Um, Toronto, the, you're talking about? Um, yeah. For Bill Simmons was saying the other day with like Masai should have took um, another job or the Washington. Like you job. can only go down, which is true. I mean, I still think they'll have a good squad. But as far as the Warriors go, you know, um, I think they'll have a little bit of the chip on the shoulder this year. I really wish Clay hadn't done that. Yeah, that was a brutal injury. You know, judging from his Instagram and stuff, he's, he's fine. He seems like he's healing, like he's in good spirits. But you know the team's gonna have to start the season ready. Uh, not a if they want to make playoffs. There's not a a lot of room for errors. You really got to capitalize on on the games you're supposed to win. And Steve Kerr's gonna have to figure out that lineup because right. you got a coach. You know when they had right. KD last year and a few other players. I mean they weren't deep, but you know you look at the Western Conference, especially the Clippers. As much as I hate to see this, um, <laughs> all the other teams are really deep. Yeah. Uh, second units defensively. Yeah. Points on the bench has always been an issue for us. <clears throat> and it's, you know, they got a lot of young guys that are going to be fighting for minutes, but um, they still got to score points. And the one thing that happened that was, that was you know, a lot of a lot of shitty things happened to the Warriors, right? KD goes down, Taron Achilles, Clay torn ACL. You lose the finals. Then you lose Kevin permanently because he goes to the Nets. Uh, Clay is not going to be back probably until All-Star break. But the one diamond in the rough was this D'Angelo Russell sign-in trade that you guys did. I remember when the news broke, the first thing that you told me was you think it was a, it's, it's a move to make another move. So it was almost like you got this, this piece, this asset to make a trade for. But I'm curious, like, it seems like you're, you should at least test it out. What do, you, what do you think of this D'Angelo Russell thing, and how do you think it's going to play out? Being honest, I was never a huge, uh, I don't know if anybody was, uh, D'Angelo fan when he was you know with the Lakers. I mean, obviously right. a little bit of immaturity there. He was 19. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it does seem like he's come, you know, a long way in a short amount of time. He's definitely bulked up, put on some muscle, had a great year last year, mm-hmm. um, shooting great ISO player. Um, I like the fact that Steve Kerr can kind of like stagger him and Steph. Hopefully Steve Kerr figures out how to, you know, get the right rotation going. Cause that's, if I have one knock on Steve Kerr, it's some of his rotations just never make sense. He, he's definitely a player's coach. But some of the X's and O stuff, I've just, you know, I, I still think he struggles with, which is why when we, uh, what was his name, Drew? Uh, Alvin Gentry? Alvin, Alvin Gentry. Alvin when we had him as an assistant, like he was just the perfect compliment to Steve Curry. Right. He ran all the out-of-bounds plays, all the X's and O's. And that he was with the Clippers for a long time, too. Yeah. Great coach. Great offensive mind. Um, I, don't think, I don't think Kerr has to do much coaching when you have that much talent. Like, I, I think, like we saw what Budenhauser, Budenhoser did in, in – <laughs> I'm not even saying no, it no, no. Last yeah, that's one. funny. Can I say it once? Yeah, Rosenbagger. Rosenbagger. <laughs> God knows it. You know, it's like Jason Kidd had him at the eight seed, and then you bring this coach in that actually understands how to sub players and when they should be in and who they should be playing with. 
Um, and that's something that with the Clippers that I want to get into later. But back to D'Angelo really quick. Like, again, it's kind of the same situation that I want to see with AD and LeBron. Same shit I want to see with Russell and Harden. Like, D'Angelo Russell can score buckets. And I think they brought him in because, especially with load management right now and the way the Warriors are, like, Steph can't can't play 75 games 40 minutes a game. So D'Angelo is the guy that's going to have to be the scorer at some points. And... And they both can play off ball. I think that's the one. That's the one really nice aspect of of having D'Angelo and Steph is that both can both can run around screens and, and catch a pass off a screen and hit it, and both can dribble and and take people one on one and do the thing. And, so they and, have some nice interchangeability there. And we always talk about Steph and Clay and fucking Draymond and D'Angelo, but like it's a little it's a little guys. The Willie Cauley Stein pickup is huge. Massive. The the paying Looney, right? Kevon is Looney. huge. Yeah. Cuz we thought I he was I still don't know how that contract. I don't either because I thought he was going to get way more money uh, somewhere 100%. else. 100%. What did he get? 15 million? 3 15 like 3 It was tiny. It was it was 15 million yeah, I think. Yeah, 15 million for 3 years. Yeah. Cuz I just think he 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 knows the system. He's and, a fire his agent. Yeah. No, hey, it worked out in my favor, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I love that guy. He's come a long way. He, that is one of Steve Kerr's uh, better projects. You know, he caught a lot of heat for all the you, minutes he gave. Uh, what do you think about Looney? What do you think about paying Draymond? Did he deserve it? He definitely oh, one hundred percent. Okay, so you're fine. Uh, deserved with that. every penny. I'm kind of. I'm. I'm. As a fan, I'm super happy the way it materialized. It didn't seem like there was any drama there, but I mean, you knew he wasn't going to be a max, though. They weren't going to give him two fifty. Well, they I knew the Warriors weren't going to max him. If he if he would have hit free agency, he, I mean, he I think he would have had. I or mean, like, Detroit would have offered him a max. I mean, Charlotte, yeah, Charlotte he would have got some him. max offers. Like if um, if Al Horford's getting thirty million, Charlotte would have offered him a max, or maybe not a max, but at least you know a, yeah. more than the Charlotte, Warriors, of course. But this is what I'm saying. Like I, I'm coming up with Charlotte because right. that's a that's a that's a team that would absolutely love Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. Some of these other teams, you're like I don't know if I would need him. Like where would I play him? Like you think Draymond would fit in Charlotte? Like well, you Draymond think be would the same. I think thing? Draymond would fit pretty much anywhere. But it just it's lineup uh, construction, right? Like he'd be how, a great Clipper. He'd be a great Laker. Sure, he'd be fit in perfectly. I'm with you on that. Right, but not every team it would be the but would would be the best fit for him. They would need someone like like a Charlotte that that needs uh, Terry Rozier to score a lot of points oh, for boy, them this year. But he could run the point forward for a lot of those teams, and and not a lot of them need them. I look at it from them. another angle too: yeah. is the fact that you you know you got to reward the guys. That have been your soldiers for so long. Hundred percent. Hundred million dollars is what he got, right? Yeah. Hundred million, which is uh, he very well deserves. Yeah, it. four years. The numbers million. aren't like crazy good, you know what I'm saying? But it's the intangible shit that Draymond brings to the organization in the city, and he, I think him and Steph and Clay, all three of them are going to be Warriors for life. Yeah. Do you I, believe that too? Not so much Clay. And Clay's your favorite player. Clay is my favorite player. Um, just yeah, I mean. I, I think they might be. It's it's tough. I, I would love to see it. I think Bob Myers did a great job this offseason, uh, first with the D'Angelo thing. But getting that extension done with Draymond, and um, I guess Rich Paul was, hey, his, was his agent this summer. But kind of like when the – especially the fan base, you know, we're moving to San Francisco. Yeah. Um, and everybody's kind of like, you know, Warriors fans got, got spoiled for five years there where they're all, you know, kind of used to Wendy and, and, and expecting to be – you know, they kind of forget how things used to be. So the morale – Definitely of kind of like the fan base was like, all right, we just lost KD, all these injuries. Like, uh, where do we go from here? Bob just comes in. He's like, no, we're keeping the core together. Um, and you, you know, we're going to make some moves. But, you know, you just kind of felt like a, as a Warriors fan and kind of, you know, in the Bay Area press that I still follow very closely in the athletic and all the guys covering the team out there. You kind of got like a, uh, a jolt of energy and be like, hey, they're not done here. You know, let's run it back. You know, Steph said a few things like that in the press. So definitely give me a tougher road. And, you know, the West is, is stacked as always, especially uh, our conference. Um, it'll be exciting to see where it goes for sure. And and I think the nice piece that you have there by retaining Draymond is you still have your core three, yeah. right? You still have Steph and Clay and Draymond. And even if this season is a scrap and, and, it, and it doesn't go great, next season you got all three of those guys presumably healthy, presumably ready to go. And and then you can look to add other pieces. I mean, it seems like you're going to be able to have some cap space coming into next season to make any additional moves. Obviously, you have D'Angelo Russell as a trade asset if that's what happens, if that's how it goes. But you touched on something that I wanted to kind of tap into a little bit. The move across the bay for this team. You know, it's been a long time since they were the San Francisco Warriors out yep. of Cal Palace. As, a, as, a, as an East Bay guy, what are your thoughts on this move to, uh, you know, the, the glitz and glamour of, of San Francisco? 
Yeah, I, I I think it's I think it's good. You know, it's just the you hate it. That I can fan, see it on your yeah. face. You absolutely hate it. I mean, honestly, <laughs> so like the, the positives as, as a fan, you know, you love the fact that Joe Lacob came and paid for it himself. Um, he came in talking big when he took over the team. That was a year I moved home from college. God, we, I mean, the team had just been so bad. And, you know, you had this young guy, Steph Curry, coming up who was starting to score points and get noticed. They brought in David Lee, which was like a pivotal moment. It may not sound like a big trade, but like that's kind of like when you, you, as a fan, you started to see – David kind Lee of, was uh, big. Uh, the Movement. Owner, the, You're yeah. making moves in the positive direction. Yeah. But right. you know, I, I feel that the move from it was inevitable that this was going to happen. It's Silicon fucking Valley. Yeah. It's one of the most lucrative teams in the NBA. You got superstars. You got to move to where the money's at, dude. Yeah. And to pay those fucking salaries that you're paying right now, Steph is at 200 plus. Yeah. Clay's at 190. Draymond at 100. You yeah. know what I mean? Like fuck. You got to sell tickets. Yeah. I mean, 100%. And I agree. And I'm sure right. it's going to be beautiful. The renderings look amazing. I read that Rick Welts, who's a kind of president of, uh, he's like the CEO of the Warriors, not necessarily. President all, of like basketball a, operations? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they've already booked like $2 billion in, yeah. in, in top line revenue for that place before mm-hmm. it even opened with concerts and whatnot. So that's great. You know, it gets, it gets a lot of people paid. But um, for anybody that's ever been to Oracle, definitely not in the greatest neighborhood. You know, it's a pain in the ass to get to. But I mean, there's an energy and kind of like this this feeling in the, in that building that you can't really replicate. And they yeah. tried to keep the the Chase Center, the new place. I, I think it it might be maybe a hundred seats more or something. But they they kept like the, the, the capacity the same because they're trying to. It it won't be the same. It'll be great, you know, right. great food, great offerings. But you know, it's it's, it's weird. It's not. It's, it's just, a new beginning too, though. Right. Yeah. You get. You have a new out. You have a new look. You have yeah. a new look team. Kind right. of. Right. You got your core. Well, this year it's going to be a new look. Yeah, it's going to be a new look. But like, I, you know, I've said this the whole time on the pod, dude. Is I, I'm not writing the Warriors out at all. If a healthy Clay comes back, and again, like, depends on who's healthy and who's not. Right. Yeah. 100%. You were one. If Clay does not go down with that ACL, Ooh, game seven. It, it it's a game seven, and then and it's a throw up, dude. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? Awesome. I don't know. Clay anyway, had thirty, bro. In the, in the third two quarter, two and a half. Third quarter, right? Yeah. He was in crushing it. Two and a half. He was he was on a he was on an all time Clay heater. Game six is obviously his game, right? You never want to see Clay Thompson no. in a game six elimination. God damn! No. But he had just hit like a thirty five footer. That just, it was a horrible, nowhere, horrible shot. shot. Just fucking buried it. I but totally he, agree. But he's not. We don't see him dunk too much either. I, I agree. That was our whole. 100%. That was our whole piece. Was like he doesn't do a whole lot of dunking in traffic. All right. So with 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 Jeff Crompton, yeah. which we got to get into his. Real name soon, by the way. Yeah. Well, do you want I mean, that released to the masses? No. I mean, it is what it is. You are Jeff Crompton. That's really not his real name, but it's very close. <laughs> it's very close to his real name. Very close, and we've mentioned him many a times. Drew and I have been adamant about the fact that Kevin Durant tore his Achilles when he tore his Achilles. Yeah. He tore it. Against it Houston. Houston. Second round. Yeah, it was right? second round. Yeah. Right, because Toronto's when everybody was clapping, which right. was all fucked right. up. Um, I know you read a lot. I call you always bitter. Stays on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I love it. You stay no, but you stay up and you read what the media is saying all the time. You send me shit all day. Should Kevin Durant have played that last game, knowing damn well that he was not good, that he was not good and good enough to play? Because this is how I look at it: all the greatest shooters I've ever seen in my life could literally walk into the three pointer and shoot a three pointer all day and be nothing but net. Dude, Kevin Durant comes in, hits three wide open threes. You know, like muscle memory, boom. And then the first basketball move he makes, it's a wrap. Do you think he felt the pressure of the players in the media and whatever his legacy, he thinks his legacy is going to be? Do you think he felt that he had to play the game? So, I think he should have played. Really? I, I, I really? honestly think that, like... He got clear. I think he made the decision. I think him and Rich Kleiman, you know, if you told him he couldn't play, I mean, you know, honestly, they were cleared by Team Doctor... Outside physician, you know, the same guy that's been working on Kevin Durant's knee that's in uh, New York that did his surgery this offseason. Same guy he's been going he through. Cleared he's literally the best in the country, yes. Mm. So, I mean, yes, you have media pressure, and I'm not even going to try to pretend I know what's going on in that guy's head. He is so conscious about the media and what little 14-year-olds are saying on Twitter about mm-hmm. him. <laughs> um, I mean, he jumped into the, it, it the was, Twitter debate yesterday about the double team. On D book, yep. in a fucking pickup game, yep. like he felt like he he just you you can see him like I got to He say wants something. to put like at what right. point is his camp or like Rich Klein would be like, bro, just like put relax. the phone away, Chill. put the phone away, unreal. You're but, Kevin um, fucking Durant. I do bro. think that dude Warriors down three one and dude, I mean, 
what whatever happened with that with him and Draymond and the and the team, you know, he was a good teammate and he went out there and got buckets every fucking night. So I definitely think he felt some pressure to like, you know, go out there and support his boys and, mm-hmm. you know, try to force the game seven. You know, maybe he gets him over the hump on that game and plays less minutes, you know, the next few I don't know. Or you tear your Achilles yeah. and you're out for a year. I mean, it was an awkward play and the and the way that happened. It wasn't an awkward play. That's a play. No, I mean, just like watching the injury. It was bad. It's a basketball move that he does. But I mean, he had been practicing for days before. He had been doing warm-ups. You know, he's doing plyometrics. He wouldn't have suited up. I don't think he would have suited up if he didn't feel like he could. I mean, obviously, he's not 100%. But I think you ask any Hall of Fame player, you ask Charles Barkley or or any of those guys that played, you know, in the 90s, you know, even if you're not 100%. It's the finals, it's game, you know, yeah. whatever. Isaiah you know, Thomas play- played on a broken foot. Exactly. I mean, if you're 80%, I mean, dude, and you got a chance to go out there and get three rings in a row, win another finals MVP, like, yeah. come on, that's adrenaline. If it's That leads that leads into another question about Kevin Durant. Like, yeah, all that shit went down and it was questionable. We, we had our thoughts on whether or not the doctors were being square with him. And, it, you know, the more that came out about it, the more it seemed like everyone thought that he was going to be okay, mm-hmm. at least on a medical perspective. But him making the decision to leave the Warriors after this great run. And he did Steph dirty. And and, you know, going to, you know, New York and all that. Is how did that make you feel just as a fan? I mean, you, you guys you guys were amazing with him. You had a great run with him. It seems like if if he had decided to stay and the Warriors were willing to, you know, pay all that money out and make it make it work, how did you feel when he made the decision to go? I, I was fine with it. I think we all expected it, especially Warriors fans. I mean, there was like a glimmer of hope. Um, but just you didn't the, expect Brooklyn, though. No, that one surprised me. Yeah. But, I mean, just the vibes all season, especially after that Draymond incident. Mm-hmm. Right. But, um, and you want to be upset about it, but honestly, like, you know, if you've been watching this team as long as I have, I remember when I was in high – I mean, we hadn't been in the playoffs. I think there was like five seasons in a row we didn't win over 20 games. You were bad. <laughs> um, just happy to see your team do well. I never expected to see a championship in my life, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we expected to maybe get to the playoffs, get to conference finals. So when he comes in and, you know, like I said, man, he put it all on the court. i never seen a guy – you know, it kind of felt like the mid-range game was like kind of Effortless. like it was like fading, and you just watched that guy. I mean, I watched him when it was okay. You thought his mid-game was fading? No, 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 no. no. no I felt like the general. mid-game, like in the NBA, was oh, kind of yeah, after, okay. was, in general, was kind of okay. fading. Okay. And I watched him a bit on OKC, like when he played the Warriors. But I've watched pretty much every Warriors game. You know, I watch eighty-two games a year, and just you watch that guy play throughout a season, and just how easy it is. Doesn't matter who's guarding him. No. You know, one, two dribbles, just fade. I mean, he just got, went out there and got buckets, dude. So you're just happy that, you know, like Seth said, did what they were trying to do. They won a couple titles. Um, Stephen A. referenced it on Bill Simmons the other day where he's like, Katie never intended to, like, come in and mm-hmm. think he's going to take over Oakland or to be, like, his team. He wanted to come get a couple rings and then on to the next chapter. So thankful. How much, how much do you attribute Golden State to Mark Jackson, though, who doesn't have a fucking job? Yes, he does. No, he doesn't have a coaching job. No, but he's getting he paid. He's coach. getting paid quite handsomely. Not to as do much as an NBA coach. His job. Um, definitely not as. I think much it's close. No, I think it's pretty close. No. No, Mark, no. Mark Jackson definitely set the tone for that team at a time, and I, I remember when he got hired, and we were, we were interviewing candidates. Joe Lacob got a uh, got a lot of heat for hiring Mark Jackson because uh, why? He had, well, he, had, he didn't have any coaching experience. He he, you know, he had been on TV for years, been a player. From what I know, is Mark Jackson got blackballed, kind of. Like, why doesn't Mark Jackson have a job? I mean, Mark Jackson, yeah, he's a great coach. He definitely set the set the mindset of that team, like in the defensive direction where I love Don Nelson, but it was not focused on defense. Score as many points as you can, offensive mismatches. Mark Did Jackson, I mean, Steph Curry was at a point where, like, you just knew he was going to thrive yeah, under a off. coach like right, Mark Jackson. Right. Point guard, Clay, he, he knew about Clay and Steph early before people were like, oh, yeah, they're just good shooters. Is but, it true? With, is it true that they say that they didn't like Mark doing holding chapel and whatnot? There was a we, lot more to that. I mean, when you kick Jerry West out of practice and don't let anybody come in, so yeah. you can just do your thing and you try to turn players against each other. Mark Jackson I mean, did that. Mark, it's documented. There's oh, articles written ooh, about it. I didn't so know that. I, I still like Mark Jackson as a as an analyst. I definitely think there's a little bit of a bias there towards that. You know, if you listen to some of his comments <laughs> against against the, like Warriors the Warriors and the Warriors organization, <laughs> he likes a few players on that team, but. Uh, didn't like Bogut, didn't like Festus. You know, there's, I mean, like I said, I, I read a lot of Bay Area news and still follow all those, uh, those beat reporters that have been covering that team for 25 years. If they write it, you know, I believe it. So, but every, I, I do think he'll get another coaching job. 
He's good at what he does right now. He gets flown around the country and watches NBA games, so I don't feel bad for him. But owner brings you in to turn around a team. That's great. You know, he did a lot of a lot of good things right, but he also had a lot of ISO ball. We weren't running any like sets where like the Warriors move the ball like we do now. Uh, defenses were able to fixate on Steph a lot more. Uh, he wasn't the player he is now, but uh, it, it was a different vibe. You go back and watch us under Mark Jackson, especially in the playoffs that last year against the Clippers. Very stagnant. There isn't the flow and kind of like the free moving offense that we have under Kerr. And you know, do you think that's because he let Steph just? run the show and let Draymond push the ball up the court and just whatever happens fucking happens. Was Ron Adams there went with, Not Mark, with Jackson? Mark Jackson? So that, I think that was a big component. Like part of what Steve Kerr brought when he came was a regime of coaches. Yeah. Like he brought 100%. in uh, 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 Gentry. He brought in Ron Adams and two guys that, that can handle the X's and O's on the defense and offensive side, as well as a guy like Luke Walton yeah. and, and you know, the rest of the, the, the bench that he had was phenomenal. Yeah. So as much as we we can sit here and blame Mark Jackson for maybe some of his errors uh, and some of his mistakes that he made as a head coach, some of it could be look at can be looked at by the people that he didn't bring on or the people that didn't do the job that Ron Adams and and uh, Gentry did. Well, for, he for and, and Mark Jackson. This was also in the press. Also, hey, I mean, he fired uh, an assistant. I forget his name. I think he's with the uh, Utah right now. And there was like a report that like he, he tried to record him or something. Oh, um, I didn't know that. So, weird, so weird and, you know, Mark Jackson's gotten interviews. I still think he'll get another coaching job, but I just think that when organizations and front offices right now are doing their due diligence and they're calling the Warriors and they're saying, like, hey, what happened here? They're just being honest. Right. And Jerry West is an NBA legend and built that team. Yeah. And if you don't let him come into practice to see how his guys are working because you want to have this kind of control over the team, I get that to a point, but, you know, the guy paying your salary? No, you can't. I mean, it's just it's Jerry West too. Like, why? What's Jerry wrong with what's wrong with Jerry West being a play, practice? Right. So I think it just built <laughs> like up. He's going to be a distraction. What, you think he's going to ruin something? <laughs> Jerry West. Jerry yeah. West. <laughs> Please. Well, well and now Jerry sense. West has led the Clippers into this next next level, uh, this this next phase of the Clippers, and it, it, he just does it everywhere he goes. I yeah. want I want to get into this really quick, but yeah. I have one last question for both of you guys. Over under forty four wins. Over. Over for the Warriors. For over. the Warriors for this season. Are you being? Are you just being Jeff no, Compton? Over. Oh, over forty-four. Over. Okay, that's solid. What and do you I, think, Drew? I think that's. I you know I see them. I see them approaching fifty. I, I think a forty-eight win season is probably doable. Maybe a maybe close. No, Kevin Durant. Maybe and, close to fifty. I mean, okay. so it just over. it really depends on how this group melds, right? Because there is a lot of new faces there uh, that are going to be playing significant minutes for this team. But the system, like like we're talking about, the, the, what Steve Kerr has brought to the table is a, is a system. Right. So it should be plug and play. I mean, he's got the, they got these guys, and yeah, maybe they'll do some new stuff for D'Angelo, and they'll maybe do some new stuff for Steph. But Draymond's going to play the same role. Collie uh, Stein knows Cauley, his role. Collie Stein's going to step into the JaVale McGee role, right. the Andrew Bogut role that every big man has been ra- rotated through the last five years. Murray Spates' role. Mm-hmm. Maybe he can't shoot like that. But it, it, the positions that they have in this scheme – offensively and defensively should just be all right this is what you do this is our system who run the plays uh quinn cook was a big loss i really liked him yeah i'm glad he got i really like really Shea, Shea cotton on our last podcast had been working out with him and he loves this kid yeah. i really liked him in the playoffs he's Thought a worker he, he got yeah. balls too he's like he's worker, got really bro. big yeah, balls. He was, he'll take big shots he's not afraid no not yeah, afraid you love to you love to see guys like that win so what's your bench like i mean livingston's gone yep iggy's gone yep bogut's gone Mm-hmm. Uh, Looney's still there. Well, I mean, who's your fucking bench? It's, it's a lot of like dudes that I can't exactly remember. So, so what? 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 Crompton was saying earlier is how important the bench is, right? And you know, in those championship years, you had a really you had a, a really good filler in Livingston. Iguodala was one of the best, you know, to come off the bench. If you don't have a bench going in this season, especially with load management, like we've been talking about so much, if I was a Golden State fan, I don't want to see Steph playing 75 games. I don't. I don't. If he's going to be healthy for the playoffs. Yeah, it's tough. To be honest, I don't really know how the season's going to go for Steph. Um, I think if they get off to a really good start, like he, he could be an MVP candidate. But again, I don't know if I want to see him playing that many games. Right. You know, I think if, if they have a good start to the season and they get some momentum and string some wins together you know that 
the beginning of the season is very important for this team this year, but yeah. depth is by far the biggest issue. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a revenge tour for every other NBA team, by the way. Why do you say that? Because every year for the last five years, the Warriors come into every city and kick that ass. Mm-hmm. And now they're not going to be sitting on that high pedestal. So all the rest of the league is going to look at them and be like, oh, okay, now it's time for us to show them what's up. Yeah, but then I see like Steph being like, okay, bro. I'm gonna. I, I, I'm not sold on the fact that. What do you think the over under is gonna be? I think. I think that they can w- definitely over forty four. Yeah, I think that, you think I, so over. Yeah, as well. I, yeah, I'm not. Again, health is everything. Right. Um. I think Clay, knowing that the circle that we come from, we know a lot of. You know, I we know a lot of his people. We do. Clay's gonna be just fine. Yeah. That that ACL injury. I think. I wouldn't rush it. Like if he's ready to Take go after time. all, yeah. Take his time. If if he's ready to go after All Star break, let's push it to March. You right. know what I'm saying? Let's push sure. it to mid. There's no reason. There's no, no reason to rush, especially if you're above 500 and you're still in if the race here. If you're in a if you're in a playoff race, yeah. Let him let him ease totally. into the yeah. if, if you're sixth in in or fifth or fourth, I still think. I I think also the other thing go the other way goes too. If they're sitting in ninth or tenth, mm. again, no reason to rush him. Right, like it, it, there's just no rush on yeah, him because just it's, paid it's him one ninety. Yeah, it's about the, it's about the next Agreed. three years. Agreed. It's, yeah, so. Um, and then did you want to, you said you wanted to switch it up. We want to talk Lakers Clippers for a little bit. Well, or what we got to talk. I mean, the news today is is Dwight Howard. Yeah. So, mind you, the 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 lake has run dry as far as free agents go. Boogie's gone. The big men have come down to three people, Dwight Howard, Joachim Noah, and Mo Spates, who I don't even know if he played last year. I think he's, he's played in China. China. Yeah, okay, been, so he was playing in China. in China. And he was a warrior, and he was a clipper. He's been and, a lot of teams. And yeah. Dwight Howard did not have the best go-round with the Lakers. He, he kind of burned his bridge. I was fairly surprised. I understand why they took Dwight and why they negotiated something. And from what I read today, like before they signed him, he flew in and spoke Meeting. with AD... Rondo and uh, one more. It wasn't LeBron. It was not LeBron. It was AD, Rondo, and one more. And they want what they wanted to do was gauge his enthusiasm and gauge his trust. The trust was the word, right? Because they want to know that they're going to get a player that's actually going to fucking play. Are you going to dick around? Yeah. The whole are you going to? Are you going to? Be, what's going to happen? Are you going to have another ass injury that keeps you out yeah. all year? Like, yeah. All that shit. Are we going to have drama? Because right. the last thing LeBron and the Lakers want yeah. is drama right now. Right now, do I feel that Dwight Howard is a, a really good reserve backup to have if he's healthy? Of course, right? Of course, I do. He's two years removed from averaging sixteen and nine. You know what I mean? In Atlanta, in it, in Charlotte. Oh, Charlotte. He yeah, did sixteen and nine. That's so, what it was. Yeah, but he's two years removed. Yeah. Uh, we we know what happened in Washington, which was a fucking mess, and you know his last go round with the Lakers. Did not go well. And mind you, Kobe is still involved in the organization, and Kobe and him definitely do not have good blood. Nope. Kobe called him out many a times. So Rightfully so. Agreed. Yeah. Where I am at as a person looking outward in, I think that's the right decision to make. I think Joaquin would have been right too. Because you know what you're going to get with Joaquin, right? Yeah. I So there was a name that you didn't mention that was that was brought up in, in conversation when we were looking at making this replacement for DeMarcus Cousins, who tore his ACL, was very, very sad. I was first and foremost that that was the big thing. Like when that happened, I was just like, God damn, this guy can't. Because we a were break. just talking about how you were expecting fifteen and eight. I was excited. I was yeah, I was hopeful for fifteen right. and eight from mm-hmm. DeMarcus. Uh, do I think Dwight can do that? Yeah, maybe. You know, if he's healthy, like there's no reason why a healthy Dwight Howard, when he's out there, can't get eight rebounds and 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 make six dunks a game. So that's twelve and twelve and eight. Um, but Kenneth Fareed was a name that was in circles. You love him, though. Bro, he he did a great job for Houston last year in the filler spot when Clint Capella was out. I think they really should have leaned on him more in that series against the Warriors, and they didn't, and, and Capella was just – he was a non-factor. Yeah, he's a banger. And, and, and Fareed is still pretty young, and, and you know he's been in the league for a while, but he doesn't have that many miles on his legs. Like, Dwight Howard has miles. Joachim Noah doesn't have that many miles because he hasn't played that long, but he's old now. He's much older than than uh, than I think Fareed is is younger, and I think Dwight's actually younger than than Joachim Noah. And I'm cool passing on Noah. Uh, there was another one, Maurice Spates. I thought, okay, maybe you know, but he's got to be 36 years old. Yeah, now but all too. he does is stretch a three and shoot threes. Right. That's all you want. That's I, all he's doing. What I'm interested in is is when we have to go small against some of these these teams that are that are still playing the small ball game. I don't really, I don't see Dwight being out there, and I don't see JaVale McGee being out there in small ball either. 
So that whole thing, like when I think about what's going to happen in the playoffs, which is where this whole season is leading up to for the Lakers, it's it's about being able to compete against any team that they put out. And I think if you, in a pinch, if you had to put Kenneth Fareed on uh, Giannis, for instance, that's a really interesting matchup. Because right now it's probably going to have to be LeBron. Right, so if I'm looking, not Dwight Howard, not Dwight, a Howard. healthy Dwight Howard, not on Giannis. I don't know, man. No so, chance. But I don't... here's 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 the silver lining for for me. Right, I was excited when Dwight and Steve Nash joined the Lakers in that big off season, and we're like, holy shit, Kobe Bryant, Steve Nash, Dwight Howard, we're gonna fucking win it. We're gonna run it back. And then it was a goddamn catastrophe because Dwight was never really focused on the game. Seemed to be focused on anything other than being a teammate and and focusing on the level that Kobe expects all of his teammates to focus on. Now that Kobe's not there, LeBron's a much different player, seems to be a little bit more inclusive in his in his older age than he was as a younger man, LeBron I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But you still get value with Dwight as long as he's healthy. And the thing uh, about this contract is that it's non-guaranteed, which is very important for the Lakers. We This is not guaranteed money. They have already wa- issued him a warning upon signing this deal that if you fuck around and, and don't put this put this thing first and, and be serious about this, we will drop that ass and we will go pick up Joaquin Noah or Maurice Spates or all these other guys that we looked at. So having a non-guaranteed is a really great way for us to go prove it. Mm. Okay, if you if you if you work hard, you can even probably start over ja- Javale McGee if you work hard enough and prove that you can be a rim protector. Uh, but the other silver lining about this is that I think when it comes down to it, Anthony Davis is going to be our center. Uh, as much as he hates playing center, as much as he can say that he doesn't want to be a center, I think when when push comes to, to shove, our best lineup is him at center, and then you get LeBron, Kuz, Danny Green, and Rondo out on the floor. That's a, good, that's a yeah. nice lineup. That Especially is a nice lineup. in the fourth quarter of a playoff game. Yes. You know, yes. He might not play during the regular season, but sure. push Who comes to shove. About? Anthony AD. Davis as a, as a center as a center because yeah. he's been on record saying he doesn't he prefers playing four and everybody wants to shoot threes nowadays and I get that but I think Drew is right though. at the end of the game I think he's just got to suck it up because that is a ridiculous lineup it's a great lineup we can and go you got anybody length, you got speed but what's that say about the my my question is what's that say about the Lakers after how shitty it was with him like he literally yeah when you want to talk about burning a bridge he blew that motherfucker up dog like he burnt every bridge he can have and now we're bringing him back. We, not we. I know. <laughs> now you're bringing him back. Yeah. Just because I, th- I, I, I still. I mean, guys, let's be honest. He lost twenty five pounds. Yeah, he looks. He great. looks amazing. He looks like he's yeah. in great shape. It's just, and and this goes from every NBA dude that I know. Yeah. I have not heard, and this is no bullshit, dog. I have not heard one good thing about him. Dwight I have Howard. not about right. since in the like locker- since like 2011. No. Like since his run with Orlando, and and 2011, Dwight is a fucking problem. Oh, the biggest problem he carried in that the team end. to the finals. A hundred percent got swept by the Lakers. Yeah, oh, I th- I think what it comes is. down to with Dwight, and this is just my, I mean, I think he's just best available. Am I yes, Dwight best fan? Best available, the Lakers got know it all. But is yes. he athletic enough? Um, yes, and he can guard, he can rebound. Yes, he can do putbacks. He can dunk on a few people. I think he's best available. Most too old. Yeah. Doesn't bang enough in the paint. Get enough boards. I think of this in in terms of like Portland just paid a lot of money to bring Hassan Whiteside, who was a problem, a, a place that you're gonna go. Mm-hmm. Portland over here, he's going up to Portland, and they they just spent a shit ton of money to bring Hassan Whiteside in. And I honestly, for the value that we're getting Dwight at at a, at a veterans minimum, unguaranteed, I would prefer to have Dwight on my team than Hassan Whiteside, who's equally an idiot, who's equally <laughs> as right. as nonchalant about the game of basketball and being a professional athlete. And, and got arrested for having, or no, got a gold gun stolen out of an unlocked Rolls Royce. An AK, bro. It was like an AK, that's right. It was an AK. It's Liberace's AK. A okay. Liberace's AK. That's straight out of uh, End of Watch end for of all watch. those that don't uh, know. Michael Pena. Uh, so, and, and so, you know, Portland's paying that man whatever, $25 million. We're paying Dwight, what, five, four, yeah. something like that? So I, I, I'll i take it, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think we poten- have an easy potential upside ROI, I think it's, is the best available. Yeah. And if he plays, I feel like, and then I go back to our Jerry West syndrome is there's a reason why we didn't make a play at him because we saw I about the Clippers. Yeah. Just because again, I think Jerry looked at it and said, this is probably not the right guy. Well, You don't need, I don't yeah, you, you don't need, need it. No, you don't need no him. for a backup center. Well, didn't you just sign Patrick Patterson? We got Patterson, which was a huge pickup. And he's us. a nice transitional four he, small ball. We have five. Four of those guys, right? Which is great. Yeah. I mean, you can't guard 
Anthony Davis, though. You can't guard Giannis. Very few people can guard right, Anthony Davis. Right, I'm saying so we're going with Trez, who's small, and yeah. Zubak, who we're, we're, we're planning on having a breakout year this year. You know, the, the Lakers right now wish they had Zubak, I think. The whole so Lakers-Zubak thing, I'll never understand that. It was they, magic. Magic threw him. Like, we got it him was magic, and nothing. it was Luke Walden. Luke Walden hated Michael Beasley, and Michael Beasley hated Luke Walden. Luke needed to get Beasley out of the locker room. Mm-hmm. Magic saw that and said, "Okay, let's let's get him out." And the only way to do it was to attach him to another player. Okay. Right. And then and the Clippers were like, "We'll take Zubat." And and and, and and the and the asinine thing that we did was just go, "Okay, yeah. instead of just cut the man, <laughs> release the man." Like, why are we trading? What is this? We got right. Muscala? Right. Like, come on. But is he on the roster this but, year? But part of part of why they made that move is because even with Zubat's minimal contract, we couldn't have it and still have two max slots open. So they were looking big picture. They were looking Anthony yeah, how Davis. How can you pay Dwight five million and you can't pay Zubac? Because we didn't get Kawhi. This is what I'm saying. It's right. the, it was the two max slot deal that we needed to make room for, mm-hmm. and so they saw that as another way to carve out a couple million dollars in cap space. I still hate it. I, I still hate it. I just justified it, but I fucking I hate it. Like, I think he's gonna have. A he's a great out. guy. We and we put in all the work to get him you to did. where he is now, yeah. and then we just hand him off to a, yeah. literally our local rival and go. Yeah. Oh, by the way, he's ready to go. And <laughs> another, you know, another thing that we got handed off kind of was uh, again like Patrick Patterson is as low key as that sounds. I love it. I think it's great. We got him for almost nothing. It's another uh, versatile player, defense, offense. You know, big swing guy that can shoot and play defense, and he buys. He's a good team guy. Another fucking team guy veteran. that buys in. Yeah, yeah, veteran that knows his role. Yeah, he's a he's a Jermichael Green that another Jermichael Green. You, right? And you have him still. Yeah, Jermichael, yeah. right? Got him. Patrick's gonna be like your last guy on the bench, maybe. Uh, may, yeah, but again, because you don't. I mean, you you're stacked at that spot. We're yeah, yeah, we really are. Yeah. We're, we're stacked. The guys that that are haven't been picked. Like I'm still shocked that Jamal hasn't been picked up. Jamal Crawford. Uh, yeah, I'm still. I'm still. How old is he? Me too. I don't know why. Is he 39? 40? No, he's not 40. He's close. Uh, he's got to be close. Leon tried to say he was 42. The other <laughs> day. I said, stop. And it's he's funny because I just forever. got. I just got a text from Leon that says, "Is Drew happy?" Being oh, asking, yeah. like, "Are you happy with Dwight?" All right, so and the we'll, answer. The answer to the question is is kind I, of. If, <laughs> if I was the okay to to end the Lakers shit. Yeah. If I was the Lakers, I would be happy with the promise of Dwight Howard. Okay. We again. Yeah. You have to prove to me right. that you're going to buy into the system because, because again, you are who you are, right? right? And Dwight Howard has always been who he is, right? right? To expect Dwight Howard to, to be change. some, yeah, to be some guy that's going to be like, I'm cool with being the right. eighth man off the bench, right. and I'm not going to get any touches. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and, I'm I'm devastated because I wanted Demarcus. I was yeah. excited about it. So he for, lost for me, weight. He for, looked great. For me to have to go from expecting Demarcus to make another like return and a comeback and and to see what that would be like. He already had the the, the chemistry with AD for the season that he played in New Orleans with him. And Rondo. to go from that and like being like stoked about my roster to like now like fuck he's gone. Who do we have to go with? Like we, like we keep saying, I'm I'm okay with this for now. So I, if I'm the Lakers organization, though, the first fucking sniff of Dwight being unhappy or right. causing anything remotely yeah. detrimental in yeah. the locker room, yeah. you're ghost. And right now, just so everybody knows, he is backing up JaVale McGee. He is not expecting <laughs> right. to start. Third. He's going to be JaVale McGee's backup, backup. backup center. Unbelievable. So, so the expectations for him are at the floor, and how sad is floor that, level. Let's think about Dwight Howard. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. The number this guy has been putting up. Four-time uh, defensive player we, of the year. Yeah, we talked about this. Like, well, I had to really think about, is he, a, is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? And, like, yeah, everybody that I speak to is, yeah. But the NBA guys that I speak to say yeah. that, dude, this is not the guy. Right. Cancer, cancer, cancer is, is the word that's attached to him. At all times, yeah. The locker room is just—it's just lit. So maybe lit on he fire. got maybe he got real humble this summer with all that bullshit that came out. Saying. And we don't want—we don't want to like speculate like his, you know, he his had an ass injury. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot of stuff that came out. And the last thing that the Lakers need is bad publicity in that locker room. So, anyways, on the other hand, yeah, uh, some shit came out this week. What if you're happened? a Clipper fan, well, so thirty for thirty podcast, oh. and I don't—I don't like you know, plug other people's podcasts. No, but this all the is a very good podcast. 30 for 30, which is literally the greatest sports show ever created. Yep. 
It is. That Every, was Bill Simmons' brainchild. That yeah. was. Yeah. And honestly, there's been out of the maybe 50 they've done, there's been three that I've been like, sorry. Sorry, I don't want to watch you, Martina I even watched the, the hot dog eating one. I watched the oh, I, that was a good one. That was a good I'll one. watch that. Joey Chestnut and yeah. Kobayashi? Sorry, that was great. Let me see it. I'll throw it on. Sorry. Hour and a half, I'm in. The NASCAR one, sorry. Yeah, I missed that one. So Ramona Shelburne and ESPN, Ramona covered, who I'm a big fan of, always been a big fan Ramona. of. Ramona. I even wrote her a letter. I wrote her a DM today. You did. I'm expecting her to respond. Nice. Because if she doesn't respond to clips, I'm going to be a little upset. Yeah. But uh, the Sterling Affairs came out. I had to relive something that I lived through. Um, it's a great five-part series that just dives so deep into what happened with Donald Sterling and basically how fucked up our franchise has been and that he has been the reason why. It's not that we just draft horrible talent and we trade for horrible talent and we don't win. That was part it, of it. No, it was because we didn't our owner didn't let us pay. Right. Like there there was a it, it was all rooted from him. Man, he, this is a dude that there was a coach when uh, Mike Schuler was one of our coaches when I started watching the Clippers uh 1991 when uh, he was like, yo, there was a day where Donald Sterling came up and said, why are we using so much tape, like tape on people's ankles? And he's like, <laughs> like well, actual taping, yeah, tape. taping of the ankles. Yeah. He's like, he's like, can we reuse the tape? Like we need to start <laughs> reusing the tape. You know what I'm saying? What a okay. cheap mother- That's dude. what I'm saying. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. And, then, and then basically, uh, li- listen to the podcast, but like Donald Sterling's the reason why Jerry Buss was able to buy the Lakers. Like he basically gave him the money to buy the Lakers. And then he watched Jerry and magic form this relationship and build. They won a championship the first year. Jerry Buss got the team, yep. you know, and Donald wanted to be a part of it, but Donald was so fucked up and it's so disturbing to hear these audio tapes and to hear how players talked about him. And mind you, I worked for him for 10 years. I know I, the, the, none of this, when this came out against the warriors, Jeff, and I know you remember this very yeah. well. And we ended up winning that series. Um, they lose. Yeah, that's okay, the furthest so you've ever been in the playoffs, the right? That's up, true. Jeff. It is yeah. what it is. is okay, I just they, need a refresher. Yeah, okay, yeah. refresh it. Still yeah. haven't been in the conference finals, right? No, we haven't, okay, but just... we're fine. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Sometimes I get it out now, Jeff. Get it out now. I love going there five years in a row. Sometimes oh, sorry. There you go. Who else After who swept 40 years of horrible <laughs> fucking basketball. It happens, dude. And I'm fine with it. I'm fine. Yeah. No, I do I do remember that year well because that first round of playoffs went to seven games. I think it came out right before game seven. No, 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 no. It was game. It was game four, going to Oracle because they did the whole reversal of the warm up shirts. Yeah, yeah but, I remember that. Well, no, no, they didn't do that yet. No. So it came out that morning right. of game four. Yeah. Going to Oracle, and this is, and I'm going to shout him out right now. One of my best friends that I grew up with, uh, ball boy with, Lauren Reed, who listens to the pod. He was Donald's bodyguard, right? Yeah. He was with Don, who is black. Lauren is black. And I remember the morning it came out, and I'm like, Hol- like, what the fuck? And Donald wanted to go to the game. And they said, it's not a good idea for you to go. <laughs> and the Clippers got their ass kicked that night. We, we right. didn't know what to do. It was right. so much shit going on. And Do- Doc-, Doc Rivers, like, when Andy Roser, who was Donald Sterling's right-hand man for 30 years, told Doc that there was a tape that's going to – he's like, there's a tape that's going to come out. It's going to look pretty bad. Doc's like, I thought it was a sex tape. Because everybody knew Donald Sterling had bitches around. Sure. Excuse my, I, I called them bitches because I don't know their names. Excuse right. me. Um, and that's what they are if they're gold digging women. Yeah. That's what you are. Sorry. Um, very derogatory. It was. Was I? That's very bad. I'm sorry. Terrible. If terrible, you're gold digging, that's what you are. Yeah, I hear it. Okay. Maybe, so you should, maybe you should edit it. It's unfortunate. It, it is, but it is. Get your money, girl. We're just talking about a Bill Burr segment. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Is that Bill, what it is? Bill Burr, the comedian, does a, does a very good segment on gold digging horse. Does he? <laughs> he does a very good one. What's he call him? Gold, gold digging horse. Okay, so that's what <laughs> yeah. they are. Yeah. And Donald uh, tended to surround himself with that. But anyways, uh, the, the Warriors blew us out that night. And then we came back to L.A. And everybody wanted us to protest. Or, and Iguodala. I saw that quote the other day. Yeah, Iggy. He's like, Steph, shut it down. Yeah, they're like, fuck it, we won't play. The Golden State Warriors said we won't Didn't play. Didn't want to play if he no, was there, right? No, fuck it. No, right. we're just, let's shut it down. Oh, we'll just let's not really play. Let's really fuck some shit up right. and shut it down. Not playing. And so what the Clippers did, which I thought, you know, people thought it was a little pussy, but they turned their jerseys inside out. We're playing for ourselves, not the Clippers. The The Warriors went and did the cool. same thing. I thought it was fine. Yeah. And we ended up winning that game and winning the series. But the bottom line is everybody needs to listen to this five-part series that that 30 for 30 and ESPN put on because Ramona Shelburne did a phenomenal job nice and uh 
I hope all you guys listen to it. Yeah. You, you guys, you know, both of you. Included, de- I'm definitely going to listen to it. Even though you guys are haters a little bit. It's unfortunate that the Clippers uh, weren't good enough to get an actual film. But, you know, a uh, podcast will oh, do. The podcast will do. If it was a Lakers, you know, something, it would probably be on camera. You don't, but think, it's the ge- okay. you don't think the genie emails are going to come out soon? It, they, maybe Genie magic and palinka emails that was most great. mostly that was just in that that one article that what that one guy released that that kind of Genie buzz was talking shit about magic and forwarded it to everybody come on Genie, yep. know how to fucking copy and paste you i know, know bcc the bcc <laughs> god damn uh crompton i'm gonna miss you dude yeah man. You're, you you've been a really good friend don't don't become a Portland Trailblazers fan. Up he there. God, that will never happen. He might. Yeah. I mean, he uh, Portland Portland, Portland Trailblazers. Right. I, I keep saying it wrong. Jeff and Drew are actually both leaving me. They're both moving uh, to different cities. I have three friends in this town. Uh, one of them has a puppy and is now a parent. <laughs> Douchebag John now can't go out and do anything. Uh, Jeff Crompton, which, by the way, we're going to talk about your name really fast. We call you Jeff Crompton because yep. there was a former basketball player. Randomly. We found this. I found this you randomly did. digging through rifling through random numbers in like the 50s like mm-hmm. number 54 and who was jeff crompton jeff crompton was he played for the kentucky colonels uh in the aba and he bounced around the aba was not only on the aba but was it he, a mid-sized white man no it was not he was about he was about a six nine uh, african-american gentleman mm-hmm. with with one of the most spectacular afros i've ever mm-hmm. seen in my life peak mm-hmm. 70s form if you saw him in a in a plaid suit walking down the street with the popped up collars, uh, dude, just take Hubie Brown uh, in in some Hubie Brown footage from oh, from when he was coaching Hubie. in the seventies. The plaid, the plaid, and then put a six foot nine. How do I? God, what, what, who was the guy that Wes Unseld? Yes, Wes Unseld with an afro. That's ex- it's almost exactly who he looked like. Looked just like Wes <laughs> yeah. Unseld. It was probably even it, probably even tougher because in the ABA that you were just throwing, Wes was a bad. They were just throwing punches. Wes, yeah. Wes is pretty tough. He's I'm not gonna say this, but I wouldn't fuck with Wes now, and he's like a hundred. Uh, uh, yeah, Wes is. If he's still alive, I still wouldn't mess with him. The James Jones. Oh, James Johnson. James Johnson. Yeah, not James Jones. He's a puss. James Jones. That's his guy. name. James Johnson. That we were talking about on the last pod. Who? With LeBron. That's LeBron's little little boy. Who? James Jones is the one that traveled with him everywhere to every team. Wasn't this who I was talking to you about? LeBron took James Jones with him everywhere he went, and now he's a... Oh, the Phoenix uh, GM. Yeah. It, he was the Jack Haley to Dennis Rodman. Yes, totally. Okay. Yeah, no, no, because he went, he went to Cleveland, he went to yeah. Miami, and, and all that. I, I'm with you on that. Is that his name? Yeah, James Jones. Or I could be wrong, and everybody's going to call us I, out. I forget. I forget. Jeff Crompton, do you want to tell the masses anything now that you're? I know you're sweating through your hat. It's you hot in here. It. It's getting a little hot. It's, it's called the Jeff hot and box. Drew are both sweaters. He's in the hot seat. <laughs> do you want to say anything? Do you? You got anything, bro? Uh, five South. Coming 2020 in Portland. The beer. That's a plug. If you're in the Portland area, Mm -hmm. keep a lookout for Five South. Talk about it. Talk about it a little bit. What is it going to be? Nothing crazy. Small brew pub. Been brewing beer for about two, three years now. Been in the restaurant business about 10. Um, Just got an opportunity with a guy I met down here in San Clemente who became one of my really good friends. Shout out to Matt. He listens to the show. Matt. Great guy. AKA Matt Geiger. Yeah, <laughs> you know who he is. You know what's up, Maddie. <laughs> yeah, Ho- hoping to start um start small and try to grow it um all over Portland, all over California. Well, because there's not a lot of places in Portland to get beer, so if yeah. you're in if you're in need of some, <laughs> some is coming shortly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, Jeff, you're gonna be missed. Yeah, yeah man. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I'm so you... glad that he made it on. Uh, well, before I, I didn't think it would departure. ever happen. I know. I'm, I, this is what it took. It's good him, it too. Took, it took him moving away for him to get his ass here, but He's we got kinda it. He's kind of good too, we though. Let us know what you guys think about Jeff Crompton. <laughs> uh, October 22nd, opening night, we're gonna throw a party, and we got some other shit going down with uh, Antidote Fresh and uh, B-Ball Junkies. We're gonna be doing an event. We're gonna let you guys know all about it. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. I am at Clips Five Five Five. Drew is at Drew the Right Thing, and if you want. Uh, Jeff Crompton, okay. he's at Homer uh, G State, uh, <laughs> Big Nation. Daddy Kane, Dub Nation. Dub Nation. If you want to follow him, uh, it's a follow through with Clips and Drew. It's only, it's only, it's only right to take him out with Jay Z, the Broad Street Bully. Uh, guess who's back? Dwight Howard. This is my song. Oh, nice. This is my jam. It will go down as a classic. So follow through with Clips and Drew and Jeff Crompton, and we are fucking ghosts. Five South. 
Guess who's Bizak? You still smell a crack in my clothes. Don't make me have to relapse on these hoes. Take it back down the tax in the road. When I was hugging it, niggas couldn't do nothing with it. Straight from the oven with it. Came from the dirt. I emerged from it all without a stain on my shirt. You could blame my old earth for the shit she instilled in me. Still with me. Pain plus work. Shit, she made me milk this game for all this work. That's right. These niggas can't fuck with me. I'm calling guts every time. Drag my nuts every time, homie. We make a great combination, don't we? Me and the face small. Every time we face off, face it, y'all. Y'all niggas playing basic ball. I'm on the block like I'm eight feet tall, homie. I'm in the drop with the AC on. That's why the streets embrace me, dog. I'm so cool. Guess who's back? Back on the block with the hoes. Face mob, black mittens and hoes. Don't make me relapse. Back to the block with the phone, cause the street shit is all I know. From the womb to the tomb, a hot pot of joy and a spoon, trying to make me 40,000 and move. Motel, star-studded, rock stars and goons, plain clothes wanna run in my room. But nigga, guess who's been Zach? It's your boy Face Marv. Started with an eight ball, gotta get this cake, dog. Give niggas a break, nah, you know how the game go. Fuck you think I slang for, to go against the grain? No. I'm out here in grind mode, wrapped up in a paper chase. I wanna fuck a fine hoe and candy paint the 88. Don't got no wholesale, cause that ain't how I wanna run it. Here, take these five stones and bring a nigga back a hundred. Gotta see my feet, dude. You do see the fiend, dude. If I get too hot in the kitchen, I hit the streets, fool. Money is an issue, and that's on the for shizzle. My nizzle, your block warm, and I come by with the fizzle. And make for sure I get to work mine a car at a time. We go to war, and you ain't making a dime. Cause I got shit to lose A nigga out here paying his dues My baby walking, gotta get him some shoes It's a new game for it Let me get you the rules Get out of line and I'ma get you the blues It's a new game for it Let me get you the rules Get out of line and I'ma get you the blues Whoa! Guess who's been Zach? The boy B. Mizak A.K.A. Mr. Cracker Brick Turn a whole one from a half a brick Look, I mastered this You can smell it once the plastic rips Play to make it swell up if your gasket click. You can make your chips swell up. You don't have to pitch. Play them corners like a safety watching traffic switch. Young and never pump fake. And you'll get past the blitz. And keep your whole hood on flip. Like old box spring, pissy mattress shit. No won't box of things, strictly blasting shit. I hug the block like quarter water. Shit, I used to hug the corner like an old deuce in a quarter. Till I deuce in the morning with the old heads. Swinging loose quarters. This Philly cat back at it. Who's Bazak? Back on the block with them hoes. Face mob, black mittens and hoes. Don't make me relapse. Back to the block with the phone. Cause the street shit is all I know.